you're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. Game Snobs Podcast. I'm your reliable, consistent host, always here for you, except when I'm not at BGG. Gabby, with me today, special co-host, Mark Basada. Yes, I am your last-minute fill-in host. And I appreciate that as well. You were my first one I contacted, I assure you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm number one on the uh, Rolodex there. No, I appreciate it. No, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm glad you answered me. Uh, everyone else has me on mute or block now, apparently. <laughs> so uh, you so somehow I snuck through and you answered, and I appreciate it. It's funny. I'm actually you messaged me through Facebook, and uh, I am never on Facebook. But I have this uh, idiot friend of mine who lives in Los Angeles, but for some reason bought Broncos season tickets. He brought a sing he bought a single Broncos season tickets. Never goes to Denver, but is just a big fan and has this like aspiration in his mind that he's going to go to Denver to watch these games never ends up going and he'll email me like the day before saying hey can you sell me this can, can you sell my ticket can you do something with this ticket and so <laughs> I was going on Facebook to find somebody if I knew a friend in Denver who wanted this ticket and uh, uh, ended up finding somebody so that's all done but uh, that's the only reason I was on Facebook and and uh, got your message so I w- well I was sitting there looking at your name and just waiting for your green light to pop up I was like I got him <laughs> Well, you do that usually, right? You're just sitting there waiting for me to pop up, and I'm just waiting for you to pop up. Yeah. So I didn't. So Kellen's a fan of the Denver Broncos, huh? Yeah, he's a big fan of Denver Broncos. I tried to. Oh, that's funny. That, <laughs> I totally missed that because Kellen is actually a fan of the Denver Broncos. But oh, yes. Really? But but uh, yeah, I know this is another idiot friend. I've I've many idiot <laughs> friends. So ah, uh, me too. Me too. <laughs> Did you know that onions were the vegetable that used to treat gunshot wounds? I did not know that. How do you use an onion to treat a gunshot wound? You just stick it Apparently in there? Apparently they have uh, rubbed the juices, okay. onion juice. <laughs> okay. You got to, you got to, mul- I don't know how they did it back in the old days, but mulch them down. Right. Ju- I've never heard anybody juicing an onion. That's true. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You don't get onion juice anywhere, do you? <laughs> do you? <laughs> There's not great demand for onion <laughs> juice in my the smoothie uh, uh, days. Right. I, I don't know of anyone that has a juicer and they have onions just sitting there waiting to get juice. But I feel like I feel like you would have heard of onion juice. It doesn't sound that cra- like. Couldn't you use onion juice in some sort of like dish? I feel like. Oh, uh, surely, but I have never heard of I onion think, juice. I think we have just figured out how our next <laughs> a million niche dollar- market. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm pumping all my money into <laughs> onion juice. 
But uh, apparently it's got antibiotic factors that have been known about for quite some time. This all goes on the label. Yeah. Gobby and Mark onion juice and then all this stuff. It, uh, it Apparently, onions traditionally have been known as a fighting food. Onions were fed to Greek athletes in training for the brutally competitive Olympics. Gladiators were massaged with onion juice before <laughs> entering the arena. We're bringing it back. The, the, the Roman legions, who had a passion for all things onion, distributed. Now, this is a word I'm not familiar with. I'm assuming it's like the whole family of onions, garlic, and other pungent vegetables. Okay. Alliums? Never heard of it. A L L I U M S. Neither have I. But yeah. it says the Roman legions distributed alliums across Europe. In fact, one authority says that it's possible to follow the advance of the Roman Empire by plotting range maps for garlic. Interesting. So just follow the smell of the Roman legions. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it says they, well, back then they like thought it had like these, you know how, you know how they thought about things. They probably had, they thought it had some powerful, uh, that would boost your courage yeah, some sort and of all this type of stuff. Yeah, sure. They, but food and yeah, onions and garlic. It says they have antibiotic aspects to them huh. that are indeed beneficial. Can they consider them fighting foods? What is your favorite fighting food? Would you say, Gabby, if you had to pick a fighting food? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm with the Romans. I'm a garlic oh, man. Yeah? I like garlic too, but I think I think if I needed to get hyped up to fight, yeah, I think I would go with ginger. I think ginger would fire <laughs> me up. <laughs> then I just think of redheaded people. <laughs> okay, right. All right. Well, you see red, you get all fired up. It all works together. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Red is the color of rage. That's right. That's you what need I'm rage to go into battle. Yeah, exactly. Just bite off a stalk of ginger and you're ready to go. Alliums is a genus of flowering plants that includes hundreds of species, including the onion, garlic, etc. There you go. Your guess was right. Strangely enough, growing up, probably like many kids, I despised onions. Yeah. And garlic. Right. But now, I will eat. I will eat a purple onion by itself raw. Really? Wow! I okay. love purple onion. I knew somebody like that. I knew somebody who would just bite into an onion like an apple. Um, I think you that have to wear is, goggles while you're doing it. Right. But. Right. I I I like a grilled. I like onions grilled or sautéed. But that's good too. But I think I think an onion, usually an onion on my burger, if it's not grilled or sautéed, is a is detracting. I think from my experience, not really a raw mm. onion guy. I gotta admit, mm, I love I love onions in all forms, shapes, and sizes. <laughs> You're all inclusive when it comes to your onion love. Hamburgers with uh, yeah, like you said, a good sautéed onion. Yeah, that's good stuff. Perfect. Right there, love that. I love that. Well, they call that when you claim a website, right? <laughs> Yeah, claiming uh, registering Gobby's onions. Yeah, Gobby, registering a domain. Gobby's onion juice dot com. Perfect. Yeah. Look back once we're sitting on our piles of money. To look back to this episode, and realize <laughs> this my, is we, on all my Bitcoin. I'm going to invest right. into it. <laughs> that's right. The, uh, speaking of ridiculous things, have you ever heard of the uh, tulip mania that yeah. took over Holland and the Dutch? Yes, I've I've heard of it, and I've heard of it recently. Uh, again, coming up with all the crypto stuff, like as an analogy to all the crypto stuff. That's what they were talking. It's like, oh, somebody just decided tulips were all the go, and people were trading like one bulb of a tulip for like breweries and yeah. houses, and and then it just like instantly crashed, and, and everybody realized. was broke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That's amazing that so you can just suddenly everyone just decides something is super valuable, right? That really is not. 
Right. Like, like, and that's what gets me with a bit. It's like, bit, what, what is it? Who says it's valuable? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know enough about it to really obviously talk about it with any sort of intelligence, but um, obviously you're referring to stuff that just went on with um, FTX. And I was listening to a podcast after this all went down with the guy who was running it, this guy SBF, who was like the Bitcoin genius who started FTX. And so this was like an interview from a year ago. Um, way before anything happened while he was still like really popular and all these people were giving him money and he was on the podcast and they were asking him like, where does Bitcoin get its, or where do your things get get their uh, value from? And he, the way he was ex- uh, describing it, he's like, you know, it's this box that doesn't have any value. And then we put money in the box and then people are looking at it and saying, Hey, these guys are putting money in the box. We should put money in the box. And then they put money in the box and the box suddenly becomes valuable. And it's like, and then one of the co-hosts who it was interviewing was like, "This sounds like you're talking about a Ponzi scheme here." Yeah, and he's like, "No, no, scheme. it's more complicated than that." But it turns out that maybe it wasn't. <laughs> no, no, it's more like a like a, a triangle, yeah. and like you know, you're on top, <laughs> and you get the people at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. So I have an email from Raymond Simmons. Good old Raymond. He says, "Life of the Amazonia and Kickstarter obsession." I won't go into. I, I won't read verbatim. But he pledged all in for Life of the Amazonia. Have you heard of this guy? H- have you heard of this? I, <laughs> I have not heard of that. Was that your, was that your Jay Leno? That's my, that's my like, Jay. Hey, I'm, have you heard of this? That's my Jay Leno. <laughs> uh, I had not heard of this. I had not heard of this. I'm not as much of a Kickstarter guy as uh, my two co-hosts are. Neilan and Kellen are big I have. Uh, I think I've backed I backed Rise of the Tribes. That was an unfortunate decision. <laughs> uh, that solo game. Oh, my God. It's the Shakespeare silhouette woman Oh, uh, Black Sonata? Black Sonata. How was that? That's a was good actually, game. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's a good game. I backed listener and designer Don Gilstrap's Backyard Chickens. Okay. That was a deck building game. Uh, wasn't really my cup of tea, but I don't like deck building. I just did it to support my dear friend Don That's Gilstrap. That's the best reason to back something. I'm, I'm with you there. I feel like there's one other thing I've backed, but I, I'm just... One, I don't like waiting. I just don't want to spend my money and then wait two years to see it come to fruition. Right. Yeah. Just basically giving out an uh, interest-free loan sort of thing, right? Pretty much. But And that's kind of the reason that uh, Raymond Simmons gives for his... He, he hasn't backed many games as well. But he says he backed this one because it says, All wooden upgrades, most I've ever spent on a game, I think is gorgeous, so colorful and exciting to look at. And yes, that does seem to be the number one criteria before I consider anything else. I have to become convinced that a game is good on lots of other levels before I'll buy it. But initially, it's all about the emotional reaction I have to the way it looks. Have you had emotional reactions when gazing upon a game? I think I have. You know, I I fancied myself... When I first got into the hobby, when I first got deep into hobby as a guy, I was like, oh, I don't care how it looks. Like, it can all be black and white and paper pieces and all this stuff. It doesn't matter as long as the game is good. But honestly, that's not true. Like, when you look at a game and it's really nice looking or some theme that you're really interested in, you can't help but getting uh, excited for it. I'm actually, I'm looking at the Life of Amazonia um, Kickstarter page here. I had, And again, I had not heard of it. Um, and I was telling you, or, um, the this this cover shot is a little like I was worried it was look looked a little cheap looking and I wasn't really sure where Raymond was coming from but if I but as I scroll down and I look at some of these other pictures it actually is quite nice it's quite a nice production it's got a lot of like it's got like a three D waterfall sort of thing going on and um yeah a bunch of different cool looking pieces I will say that looks can only you know keep a game in my uh, 
in my rotation for for so long. If if it's if it falls flat mechanically or stuff, I'm still not going to hold on to it. But yeah, there is a there's obviously a natural incl- inclination to be attracted to nice looking games. I think. Yeah, it's just like just like people. Yeah, you, know? you look at somebody that's highly attractive, such as yourself, yeah. and I'm like, hey, yeah, can't help I would it. be interested. It's just nature. Look at someone like me, and they're appalled. And they're like, oh. I'm not backing that guy. Come on, come on. That's uh, what do they call that? That's uh, uh, uh self deprecation. Right right. So you gotta, you gotta keep. <laughs> that's funny. It can't be. I can't be like Jerry. Jerry thinks he's God's gift to the right. world. <laughs> so I gotta balance that. And, yin but and uh, yin, yeah. I may go too far in the other direction. I got gotcha. you. But anyway, he says. Apparently, he says it's like Cascadia on steroids. I we played Cascadia at BGG Spring of this year. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Yeah. I do not like tile laying games. I just, I've never found one that just wows me. Uh, I hate with a passion Carcassonne. Yeah. I know it's this, you know, epitome of gateway and uh, people love this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. I hate Carcassonne. It's boring. It's a snooze fest. You're just putting a puzzle with no borders together. That's all you're doing. <laughs> so what did, uh, yeah, what did Cascadia do for you that, you know, made you like it? I think it was the different ways that you had to play. Like everything had its own set of rules yeah. for how it would score. Right. And of course, some of that, and it wasn't luck of the draw. Like Carcassonne, you draw one thing and you have to place it. And of course, I know there's all sorts of variations. Uh, of, yeah. yeah. But the original rules for the game are draw this, play it. Okay. So you're stuck with that one thing. But this one is up to you. You could choose on Cascadia what you wanted to pick. Right. Then you could place it strategically. And you had an opportunity to actually map out what you were going to do somewhat. Yeah, totally. And did. which yeah. which way of scoring you wanted to lean into or a couple different ways and I, I like that it just and I, it may be also be the thing that maybe i didn't think it was great but it, it wasn't the terrible game i thought it was gonna sure. be yeah, yeah you went in thinking i'm not into thailand games and uh went in with a low bar and that was yeah definitely exceeded yeah yeah i don't know if that's you know is that a uh a compliment probably not much of one right but- it didn't suck. So there you go. And then Raymond was saying he's back. To, he's back to four other games: Tiny Epic Dinosaurs, Tiny Epic Pirates, Tiny Epic Vikings, and Cartographers Heroes. All right. So I've not played any of those guys. I don't know what Cartographers Heroes. That's different than Cartographers. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know if that's the. I thought there might be like a legacy version of Cartographers coming out. Maybe that's that, or I don't know. I'm not actually sure, but. Um and the tiny epics I've played the the one where you're launching off. It's the sci-fi one, the space one. Um, Galaxies, tiny epic. Yes, yeah. I played t- tiny epic galaxies. It was fine, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm with you. I, I liked tiny epic galaxies. Okay, but the other tiny epic games have not been as good, in my opinion. So I was going to answer one question from Mister Hamilton. He said, uh, obligatory board game question. What has been your biggest letdown of a hot slash popular game? And the one I keep going, I was going to answer. First, I was thinking Tapestry. That game was beautiful. That's mine. I'm going to take that from you. I was trying to rack my brain. I was trying to rack (laughs) my brain about which one I would pick. But uh, but Tapestry was mine by far. I was I was super disappointed by that game. Not a big fan at all. Us uh, us as well. I I got it, and I was just like, it's let's just run up the track of the board guy, right? And uh, it's beautiful, like just you know, fantastic components. But like you said, that only takes you so far. Yeah. And we found it ultimately boring. And also, like, very swingy. Oh, yeah. And 
that, uh, that was my uh, problem. Like the first time I played Tapestry, uh, you know, it's a, I forget the, the the cards you draw where you figure out what sort of what faction you're in. So, and I I drew a couple cards and I just looked at them and I looked at the board and I, I thought maybe I didn't know the rules well enough, but I was thinking to myself like this is pretty much unstoppable. Like, I, I don't know how I'm not going to win this game just from the, from the get-go, from the advantages I got from the get-go. And sure enough, like, I just, I can't remember the details, but I just remember I was, like, not really giving much thought to my moves. And I'm like, oh, okay, this just happens to work out for my um, my faction. And it's just like, I'm scoring points, scoring points, scoring points. And all my opponents were, like, fretting over their moves and trying to figure out how to play and, like, really working at it. And I ended up winning by, like, 50 points or something. And I didn't... And, and I had, like... I had not thought. I didn't consider anything. I just, like, lucked into it. And then the next time I played it, it was, like, the opposite situation where... um Well, I guess not opposite, but, like, somebody else at the table got a couple faction powers or stuff that worked together. And we were trying to struggle to figure out what to do. And they were just flying up there. And I was like, this game is just way too... Way too reliant on some nice draws. So, yeah, never... Never got, went back to it after that. Yeah, if things uh, click into place for you, you're on the gravy train. Yeah. I do like tracks in games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like I like choosing different tracks and being able to figure out what does what and if this one runs up or choosing a balance. That's why I like uh, uh, Mombasa. It has those you know yeah. four different tracks running up, but it just they interconnect much better than the ones for Tapestry did for yeah. me. 100%. But agree. my. My other big letdown, which uh, we're in the minority on this, was Liberty Winds of Gilcrest. Libertalia. Yeah. I, I didn't get it. I, I, people are raving about this game. And I know it's a redo, and some people hated the new art, but they're, I would say almost overall, it got overwhelmingly positive reviews. Right. And it just it did nothing for me. I like it fine, but I liked Libertalia. Um, I like Libertalia fine. So um, I thought the uh, Winds of Galecrest was an improvement, but still not enough to make the game like a, like a top hundred game for me. But I, I like it okay. Did you have you played Libertalia or did you not the original? Not the original no. Yeah, I think I think Winds of Galecrest is better. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I can definitely say that that game is not for everyone for sure. It's not like a overwhelmingly remarkable game or anything so it, that was gonna that kind of goes into the next thing i was gonna kind of ask like so this is a was it, it's basically a revised division a version right right so would you you say you you liked it better than the original i did I, I i remember there were some there are some tweaks and i can't remember exactly which ones they are but i remember when i was trying to figure out what the differences were thinking to myself that uh they seem to all be improvements over the original uh, I know some people don't like them, uh, and I wish I could remember what they were specifically. I think they sort of just smoothed out some rough edges, but uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I thought it was an improvement. And like I said, I like the original okay. I like this one a little more than okay, but it's not a game that I own. It's not a game that I'm ever going to like beg to play or anything like that. Yeah, we sold it. Uh, I would say another one that we sold, Ark Nova. I just, yeah, I just, uh, we played it. It was. Okay, Jerry despised, absolutely despised the scoring mechanism of oh, getting those two up. sides yeah. to meet, and that enraged him. <laughs> yeah. Overly long. It just, it, I would just assume play. I would, I'd, I'd rather play Terraforming Mars. If you, that's what we're going to do. Are you a fan of Terraforming Mars? Not really. Yeah, I like it solo. Yeah, I see. I don't like Terraforming Mars, and I, I liked Ark Nova slightly better than that, but not really that much more. I actually do like the that 
scoring crossing thing. I think that's that's sort of interesting. But uh, yeah, no, not a, not a game that I uh, enjoyed too much either. So and then uh, what I was going to mention though was the, the revised versions. Some that do improve the game, and some that do nothing except revise the version. Right. The brass games, I would say excellent job at being revised versions absolutely agree okay i was worried across the board yeah okay my rant this episode is against the first edition of the voyages of marco polo okay i have played it several times but here recently i played it with a couple friends of mine they did literally they never left the first city to travel okay and they destroyed me just in fulfilling contracts contracts okay they did not travel not one bit i made it all the way over to beijing and scored my 10 points and blah 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 interesting they i say just well the second game they beat me even more badly but the first time i was like okay this is how and and it was their first game i'm like you know telling them the whole travel if you get your if you fulfill your go card and you go here and here and here and get at least you know one to four of those different cities you get racks up these they completely ignored the top half of the board <laughs> okay. and still won. Huh. And it, that just angered me. Now, here's the thing. Here's the catch that people complain about. People love the asymmetric powers of Marco Polo. Right. The group I was playing with and also me and Jerry and Enrique, none of us like asymmetric power. We like to be on a level playing field. Okay. That way we know I won for this reason and we all had the same. We're on, all on the same level. I can respect that. Okay. There's no like, you know, I had this ability that you did not have. Therefore, oh, it's unbalanced. If you the only if, way. If you don't like asymmetric powers like that, though, that, you mean you don't like Marco Polo? Because that's like the whole thing with it. That, like just a weird. I, yeah. Right. And I, so we just don't use any of those. Okay. We just play without them. Gotcha. And that's what I was telling them. I said, this game is broken if you don't use the asymmetrical power okay. because there's some of those that traveling is their thing. Right. Like you can have two people traveling or you can, I forget there's another one. He you may can get drop like double like, move. You can drop houses as you travel. You don't have to land on the place. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you're like just tearing it up. Yeah. Because I play, I play it on BGA too. And these guys, and that's why I tried it because these di- guys were doing the traveling and they just, they maybe I just suck at Marco Polo because they beat <laughs> me on there too. So that's a very viable uh, explanation. Op- option, explanation. Yeah. But yeah, so we don't use the asymmetrical powers. Okay. But I feel in the first edition of the game, you have to play with them if you're going to travel and try to win. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. I bet, I, I wonder what your scores were. I bet they were way lower than you uh, because yeah yeah I I think, they were like in the 50s yeah yeah because the guys i played with on bga i think they were in the the 80s yeah right right i can tell you rack one 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 nine oh beat right. me yeah he's tough 89 to 83 okay so this was my first game back after like a year or two of playing i scored 26 points okay so that's <laughs> this is really on, really bad this was on bga or this was your in-person game that was bga okay and a fractal seventy five also defeated. Well, you're me. playing. You're playing the big boys there. Fractal seventy five. <laughs> this game I played with my friends here, fifty six to forty four to thirty three. Okay, so still very low scoring. Why are you hanging but on to Marco Polo though? If you don't like asymmetric powers, I love the game. You, I love. Okay. I love it. 
But I just now realized how terrible traveling without powers is. Right, right, right. So here's the thing. I was going to talk about revised editions. Jerry says he played part two, and it fixes that. I don't know how. I have not played it. So I played part two as well. I am a fan of part one. Part two for me is like... I can't remember how the I, I just remember the powers not being as crazy in part two. And I remember like my feeling whenever I play part one is that at the end of the game, I feel like, oh, I, I totally didn't do this one aspect of the game or I like I, I could have done more if I had more turns here or there. And I always feel like oh, I wish the game lasted a, a turn or two more. I remember with Marco Polo two, the couple times I played it at the end, I always feel like, well, I did pretty much everything I wanted to do. So like, it's like a you feel more satisfied, I think, but also it's like you don't have that. I just want more that like feeling like you wish you had a little bit more turn. You just feel like okay, I sort of did it all. That's why I was thinking. That's that's kind of the reason I like the first one is it does have that tightness, restraint. It's like you are yeah. very limited. Yes, like you just you're always just short of doing this or that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't I don't it, think you get that in part two. Part two, if you're looking, if you like. More, I think, like regular Euro games where you can get your plans all done. You might enjoy it more, but uh, I don't think it has that, that like leave you hanging sort of feeling that Marco Polo One does. Okay, so um, and part two is also available on BGA. And uh, oh, I didn't know I mean, that. Oh, okay, I believe so. I'm pretty sure we should play that. I'll give it a try. Yeah, I have not listened to y'all's. Let's see, this is going to come out right before Thanksgiving. I have not listened to y'all's last episode. Of we are discussing some digital killed the right. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So which way did y'all lean? I brought up the episode. Actually, I'm the one who suggested it when we were talking about episodes. And it had been on my mind because I've been playing a lot of, of BGA recently. And uh, it just sort of struck me as it, it struck me that like a lot of games that I had played in person before BGA. Now that I've played them like a number of times on BGA, just some games really seem to benefit from benefit from being on bga and some games are, are quite the opposite so I, I was just it's just interesting to me that like for example race for the galaxy was a game that i had never I, I played in person a couple times but i've played it now literally hundreds of times on bga and it's become like one of my favorite games and then alternatively um seven wonders duel is a game that i played in person a couple times really liked it and now that i've played it on bga you know 10 15 times i just can't stand it anymore so <laughs> played it to death yeah exactly and, and i don't know just the the like how solid the game is like the nuances available uh you know really come out and you would expect them to come out after you play them a bunch of times but uh that's just something that i've been been thinking about also the fact that and I, this was something I didn't really like admitting on the uh, on the show, but like n- whenever a game pops up on BGA, I just at that point have no desire to own it anymore. I, like I don't because I feel like why like why play it on, you know in person when I can play it digitally? And you know there could be a game that you really like, so you'd want it in person. But there are so many games out there that you know if I want to play, I don't know, like it's a wonderful world. Even if I like it. I can just play that online and then spend the time that I would be playing it in person on something else because, you know, we've got all these games that we never get to. So, uh, yeah, I just, just w- was thinking about how, you know, all these digital gaming on all this digital gaming on BGA sort of like warped my sense of the hobby and wondering if it have affected other people. I know you're not, you're not such a big fan, right? Of asynchronous play in BGA. And now, asynchronous. No, because I, I comp- I have a hard time in, IRL <laughs> keeping track of what I'm doing. Sure. 
So, you know, three days later after I've made a move, I have no idea what I've done. Right, right. And much less keeping track of anyone else, which I don't, again, in real life even do. Right. But like uh, we have said, uh, Jerry and I, yeah, BGA has killed several games for us as far as City of the Big Shoulders. It is the implementation on BGA is fantastic. We have no desire to break out that humongous yep. game with all those parts, yep. set it up when it's so much simpler just to click your mouse. And, you know, of course, you don't get the tactile feel, blah, blah, blah. And there are some games that I prefer to play in real life. But I do like what you said there. It's like, if it's on there, well, then that leaves me open to play another game that's not on there in real life. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak, I had, I've had no desire to own that game mainly because I have Dune Imperium and I prefer that over it. But for some reason, I enjoy playing Lost Ruins of Arnak on BGA. Okay. And I, I I just, I don't even care for the game that much. But <laughs> it's like, it's so popular. It's always up. Yeah. Like there's always people looking. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll play. And then I always get invested in it. Right. But I'm like, I don't really want to own this game though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a there was another one. It's a bigger game that we've played on BGA, and Jerry said, "Yeah, this uh, he has no desire to play it in real life no more." But I can't think of me what it is. And they're constantly expanding too. It's yeah. like they're constantly putting stuff on there. So yeah, it'd be one thing if there were like four or five games on there, and you you know everybody got sick of them. But yeah, they just always they're always popping up with something new. We just played recently Great Western Trail. Didn't care for it. And, you know, that's one of those games that came out at the same time as Terraforming Mars, and it was a humongous hit. Not as big as Terraforming Mars, obviously, but it was still a massive hit. And it's another one of those with the revised edition. However, we didn't care for the first one, so we don't care for the second one. But people are saying people are not happy with the revised edition because, like, it didn't really change anything. Yeah, I thought the revised edition was just, like, some cosmetic stuff, and it included yeah. the expansion or something like that? Or did it even include the expansion? I can't remember. That I, I don't know. Okay. We didn't, we're not invested enough. Sure. Uh, I think it changed the, quote-unquote, Indians to bandits. Okay. I think it changed the art. I think it added some uh, women characters, okay. perhaps. And, uh, like, that's... From what I understand, like that's about it. Right, 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 right. So it's like, why was, I don't know. We didn't like it anyway, so I don't care. But I was just thinking of, there's some games that get revised that turn a almost great game into a great game. Then there's some games that get revised and they they turn a fine game it's still into a fine right, game. It doesn't, right. it doesn't do anything other than, like you said, usually a lot of cosmetic yeah, stuff. Yeah, putting you coat of paint on it, yeah. Can't stop. I've played hundreds of games of Can't Stop. I bought it because I enjoyed it so much on BGA. I've played it twice, yeah. and I will, I'm going to sell it right. because I, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to roll die and add it up in my head <laughs> and then yeah. try to move up these little houses, these fiddly little rooftops. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm just going to stick to BGA on Can't Stop. I'm with you. I'm with you. Have you played Can't Stop Express? No. Yeah, I, I had not played it. We just had a tournament. Uh, some of our listeners started up a tournament, and it's really good. We should we should play it. Uh, it's like a five-minute uh, sort of take on Can't Stop that I think you probably, you probably would like. I, I love it. I love Can't Stop. Yeah. Can't Stop. It's, it's, uh, I can't get enough of that. But Carnegie, we had played that. That we had just played it and then they just put it on bga and that uh, like that kind of makes me sad because i'm like we really liked it 
But now that it's on BGA, oh, right. will we break it back out? Yeah. Or just I'll just tell Jerry, why don't you sit on that side of the table and get on your laptop? <laughs> and we don't have to set this thing up. Right. Because that's really the killer for me. I, I, I discussed this on a pod solo I did. Anachrony. That's the, that's the killer for me is the setup. I have oh, zero yeah. desire to ever play Anachrony again. Yeah. Because last time we played, we played with the Fractures of Time. I really liked it. But good Lord, it's been a year now i could not tell you where the pieces you know what does what yeah. and they're so small it's just a bear and if i could find an accurate online on bga it'd be over i would yeah it'd be over yeah yeah i'm with you i i, I totally get that yeah I, i'm i'm even on anachrony i'm with you like if i i do have the desire to play anachrony that setup and tear down and relearning the rules is always sort of a bummer um and if it was on BGA, uh, you know, my copy would be gone. I'd, I'd sell it or trade it for sure. <laughs> Even though Jerry did paint the minis, and it's very nice. I love Anachrony. Yeah. I love Anachrony, yeah. but my God, it's a bear of a... And that's the way that's the way I've been leaning more here lately is... Uh, because I we don't have a whole lot of time to play, and if it takes half the day setting the game up and taking it down, no. Yeah. I'm just, it's a hard pass for me these days. I'm with you. Used to, I'd be willing to invest more time and try and figure stuff out because I was so interested in everything. But nowadays, I kind of know what I like, and it's just I'm not going to mess with now it. You're jaded and I'm, j- I'm the jaded gamer. <laughs> I was, was going to say the one other the I've well speaking of BGA, I played my shelfie. Oh, okay, I've seen that. I've not played it. How'd you like it? It's fine. It's a cute. It's Connect Four with. It reminds me of Connect Four with. Uh, the cartographers trying to get things in groups okay. that count for stuff. Okay. And that's literally all it is. It will tell you, oh, if you get this thing in this position, that's points. If you get several things orthogonally adjacent to each other that are similar, those are points. Okay. It's just a variety of ways to score points. And you drop them in there, connect four style. So it's like, it's like, game. it's like connect four, but instead of like going for four in a row, you are going for like making shapes sort of. You can you can make shapes. Uh, you can have, like, you have a personal stuff. goal, okay, right? And you have public goals. Some of and there is just a variety. Sometimes it's like you want them in this pattern. I think game wise, you always score points no matter the goals for the same type of object. It's like trophies, books. There's like four or five different items, right? And if you get those all can. A big grouping of them to sure. score for the more grouping. points. Gotcha. So it's it's super simple. It's again, it's not one I would ever buy now. It's 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 too light. Yeah, it's too light for me. Right. Uh, I would play it. It's one of those like I don't do this anymore. But if I was to buy a family game for my family that is not interested in games, even though I used to keep buying games trying to get them <laughs> interested, which right. I've now given up on. Right. It would be one I would try to get for my family, I but. See. They're not interested. Jerry's not going to play it. Nobody I I game with that likes, you know, Marco Polo 2 or Marco Polo is going to play my shelfie with me. And it's like a 15 minute game on uh, BGA, like real quick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first person to fill up their little grid. Yeah. Like that's, that's the end game. Gotcha. It was, it was perfectly fine. And then I did get Jerry, I guess he kickstarted resist. Okay. I've heard a lot of good things about Exclamation this. Exclamation point. How'd you, how'd you guys like this? Or have you played I it I really liked it. Okay. 
I really liked it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of stuff about this. What what it's, is the uh, uh, what's the deal with it? What's this? It's uh okay. Now see, I don't read the backstory on these games. I right. just, <laughs> it's something to do with the French Maquis. Okay. Which, some sort of resistance fighters in World War One or I see you're French making me look really sort of thing. right now. Yeah. In, uh, uh, Spain, 1936. Spain, yeah. 1936. General Franco. There you go. But how does, how does it play? Something, something. What's the story with it or the deal with it? You have your resistance fighters. This is what's the interesting part is you have these resistance fighters, and there's a setup thing to them, which I won't get into, but you can either play your resistance fighters in a hidden capacity or in a revealed capacity. So the hidden they're two-sided, so hidden is on the left and revealed is on the right. Okay. So if you play them to the left, then they're going to have their ability there on the left. So it goes in it goes in this order. So you're going to plan. So if it has plan written on them, like this one does here that I'm showing you yeah. that no one else can see. Yeah. So the plan action is what takes place first. So if I put this person as a hidden person to the left, then that plan's going to activate. Or the revealed person to the right, that plan's going to activate in the planning stage. Okay. And then you go through the, you're trying to take down the, your enemies at these various locations, these missions, basically. Oh, this is a solo game. I didn't realize this is a solo game. Yeah, okay. solo only. Gotcha. And so you're, it's, it's thematic. To me. I like the way that you're revealed figures. So you're revealing them. They're in the revealed part. They can do damage, they do their thing, but then they, they're they gone. Yeah, gotcha. So they go to the discard pile, or not the discard. They got all these terminologies for this deck, and this discard pile yeah. is two different names. This deck, this discard pile is two different names. It's kind of confusing in that aspect. But you're the ones that remained hidden, you get to keep them. Okay. And it's it's kind of a deck builder, but not. there's not a whole lot of deck building going on. But if you defeat certain missions... They enable you to take another one from this other deck off to your right and add it back in I so see. that you have some more fighters. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So you're trying to defeat these soldier-type people, and you have these spies that clog up your hand. They're just, you know, like, like dead pandemic cards. and everything else. Yeah. Any other deck builder. But the revealed and the hidden was interesting to me that you lose them, and the, ones that, the spies that stay hidden, you get to keep those. You can add to your deck. Yeah, I lost my first solo game so but I, I i really liked the theme i liked the mechanisms i found it very interesting yeah i didn't realize i i'd heard of this and i heard good things but i didn't realize this was a, a david thompson design the, the guy who did yeah yeah, Pavlov's yeah house and um soldiers soldiers in postman's uniforms and uh war chests and all that stuff I, I usually like his his designs and all the undaunted games obviously are his so yeah i said french marquee spanish marquee what Maquis means, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's like a duke or something. I think it's like a term of uh, royalty of some sort. But So My Shelfie and Resist are my two newest games I've played. That My Shelfie, well, it's, a, it's okay. Yeah. But Resist I really liked. I'll give My Shelfie a try on BGA. It's, it's a game based on your explanation that I probably would never play in person or, or go and buy. But uh, if it's a 15-minute BGA game. It- to me, it's like along the lines of like a Zularetto type. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. That's totally fine. Um, I got a chance to play Bullet Star. Have you played th- these bullet games? Bullet Heart, Bullet Star. 
these no, anime. I've, I've heard of Bullet Heart, yeah. but no, I haven't played them. So yeah, so Bullet Star is the sequel, and I think there's another Bullet, like Bullet Square, or Bullet Circle coming out. I don't know why they're doing the shape stuff, but um, yeah, this is like a real time um, anime Bullet Time. Yeah, Bullet Time. Exactly, it is Bullet Time. Whenever you play Bullet Star, it's Bullet Time. Um, but it's this real time game where sort of like um, God, what was that old Mario game like Doctor Mario or or was it like Tetris Attack where you are drawing uh, these bullets, which are just little tokens out of your bag and you're putting them down different uh, columns on your own personal board. And if you match shapes that are on your particular deck of cards, then you clear them from your board and you sort of send them to your opponent. And now they have to draw them and their, you know, their columns and their own personal screen gets filled up faster. And if you have to draw a bullet and it's supposed to go down a certain column and there's no room in that column and it drops to the bottom, then you get hurt and it's sort of like the last man standing, last woman standing, I should say, because this is a, a anime game where all the characters are, are women. Um, but uh, yeah, real time, sort of interesting. Uh, and and I, I, I traded for it thinking like this is sort of a unique uh, game and it is unique this it's like a unique mechanism but in, in practice it was it sort of fell a little bit uh flat because i don't know i i tend to like real real-time games just fine but th- this this was sort of a weird situation where it was a real-time game where the time pressure didn't really ever get to us like you get three minutes per round and we were always done way before and then also you're you're pulling these tokens out you know at random you have to pull all the ones you have in your bag no matter what and then you're also trying to match these shapes you have on your card and just it never really felt super exciting you never really felt like you had much control over it because you know you you're pulling whatever is in your bag it's not like you get to choose what you pull out of your bag Mm -hmm. there's some manipulation you can do you can like spend these action points to sort of like manipulate things a little bit but um yeah. Sounds like coffee roasters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like a multiplayer coffee roaster is real time is, is a pretty good. Uh, uh, speaking of another game, an app killed for me. Coffee roast. Oh, yeah, but, for but, sure. But I coffee roast. I, that's why I don't. It's about Jerry Love Coffee And I'm like, it's drawing these things out of a bag. And sometimes, like, you go through your whole first couple of turns and you did nothing. Right, right. You did nothing but let them age or whatever. It's like, uh, I much prefer a warp sedge to coffee roast. Oh, I haven't now. played that yet. I just I just got that in a trade, but I have not played it yet. I've heard good things about that as well. It's a it's a superior game, but uh, that's why I, I had I've, I had a solo weekend set up for myself. I saw that I'm picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had you know, what? You had um, a red cathedral. red cathedral. Yeah. Resist warp sedge. You get through all of them. I've uh, I've gotten I've did Red Cathedral I've done Resist now I have left Warp Sedge which I've played okay. but I, I need to play it again as a refresher but uh, and Red Cathedral is another one of these you ever play a solo game and keep beating it so you think you must be doing it wrong <laughs> yes oh yes yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah I've 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 played solo four times I've won them all okay and I've even had their cards set up perfectly for the AI for Ivan <laughs> and I win. I win. I'm like, Ivan play harder, man. I don't know what's going on. There are no difficulty levels. You can't like juice it up, make it. I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I've only played red cathedral, um, multiplayer, which I liked. I, I liked it quite a bit actually, but, uh, I like it a lot, yeah. but, uh, the solo, there's one rule that this is where I may be going wrong. And like, once you flip through all your cards and you do the reset for the AI, right? that's when he gives an ornament to 
your or one of his buildings. Okay. According to the rules, it says he goes in this order. Door, arch, arch, steeple. Right. Okay. And it says you go in that order. And if you can't do it, well, then you just skip it. And it said, even if there are other things to other ornaments to be done. Okay, right. So that leads me to believe even if there's an arch available for him to place, but he can't place a door, then I, I can't play I that arch. Yeah, that that's, makes sense to me. Yeah. That's the way that I've read the rules. And therefore, I think that's the only way I've been able to beat him so far is because he's not been able to place all his ornaments. So I'm just ready for someone to say, oh, no, that's wrong. You put the ornament there no matter what. And I'm like, oh, okay, then I would have been losing all these times. Have you looked it up on BGG? I have not. Okay, yeah, I bet I bet there are people on the forums talking about that. I'm sure they have, yeah. and then I'll be very disappointed in myself. <laughs> but I but I do. It does kind of like resist. I played it, lost like pretty much immediately. I'm like, as a solo gamer, not that I'm big into solo. I'm not a huge solo gamer, yeah. but I do enjoy I like to lose to the solo oh, yeah. a few times before I win. Yeah. I'm I'm with <laughs> that way I'm, I feel yeah. like I've done something. Yeah, there's nothing there I mean, it's such a you it feels so flat when you play a solo game for the first time and you end up like destroying it or just even beating it you're like what am i doing now like i'm, I'm done i'm not gonna play this again now yeah so but uh yeah that's that yeah but actually once we hang up from here we're recording this on sunday i'll probably finish watching the cowboys play so who are they playing uh the vikings oh. which are eight and one i think yeah they're so the team that cowboys. everybody's uh like saying don't deserve their their record right <laughs> <laughs> They're doing with smoke and mirrors. Uh, well, we'll see. The mighty cowboys are coming to town. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up for this one, Mark. Mark of Board Game Barrage, which I find unnecessary to say, but there might be one or two people listening that don't know who y'all are, sure. even though y'all are. I put y'all in the big top four these days. So y'all shut up, sit down, dice tower, secret cabal. That's it. That's it. Well, you guys are joining next year, right? You're the next ones to take over the... Uh Oh yeah, I'm sure. BGG. I'm sure. <laughs> could happen. Yes, no. I, I think there's other podcasts that scramble for podcast co-hosts like uh, we do. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, sometimes last time I had you on, Keller messaged me he's like, "Oh, you don't want to have me on." So I made plans, and then like he's like, "Oh, I got to move my brother." Oh, see, he's done that twice. Yep. So I'm like, "Okay, Kellen, I don't feel like you're really interested." Can I tell you something? He doesn't even have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. That's the vibe I got. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but you know, if him or Neilan are interested, you can let them know. Yeah, they definitely. Can, they're more than welcome to come on here, even though I don't think they're interested, but that's okay. Well, the problem is like, the problem is the quality of your show is just going to decrease once you've hit the heights of having me on. It's uh, like, you know, <laughs> once you've had the green tank on, why go for any other right. color? Once you've bitten to an, uh, an onion, then... <laughs> the onion juices will flow that's right exactly all right well mark thank you very much you can catch mark on of course board game barrage and anything else you want to promote no not not especially um You're watch good. the world cup try there to, try to spread the world cup love who are you rooting for i'm rooting for usa i'm i'm a, i'm a homer i'm I, like i i'm rooting for good games but uh you know rooting for the uh the yanks to do something here yeah <laughs> What's the farthest they've ever gotten? They they actually finished in third place back in 1950 when like oh. when like half the world didn't come because they had to come by boat. <laughs> like you like literally teams weren't coming because it was like a two month boat ride and like so yeah <laughs> doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't really sound as good as uh, as third place might make you believe so yeah that's what they need to do they need to set up a World Cup in America 
and then like start another pandemic and say, well, we're still, we're playing (laughs) without you guys. We're doing it. Whatever. We win. We win. Well, you know what? The next World Cup is in four years in the United States, at least partially in the United States. So maybe... Maybe we're going to get Pandemic Part 2. No, I'm just <laughs> There we go. Get that COVID variant going. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but just yeah, kidding. I don't wish it on anyone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. All right. Well, thanks again, Mark. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. Stay classy.